Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I am very excited to dive into today. I have been kind of planning this episode for a few weeks now, but if you are a regular listener, you'll know that I wanted to really wait until I was in a good headspace as well as just make sure that I could gather all my thoughts and have a really good in-depth conversation about the topic of today. Now, I do anticipate that there will be questions and, you know, probably needing to do another episode on this. I do talk a lot about this topic on social media, so hopefully we're connected there because it's something that I'm always kind of talking about and sharing. And I also always say that processes like the one I'm going to share today are things that are very personal to me, things that I've kind of been doing since I was little, to be honest, and they're always evolving and they're always changing. So feel free to take whatever I share today and make it into your own and allow it to evolve and change. Whatever process feels really supportive for you and feels good and not like it's a burden or a task that you have to check off the list. A few weeks ago, I talked about not overcomplicating, you know, your self-reflection or healing journey and you know just really sticking to the tools and the practices that feel good so I just want to reiterate that going into this conversation and it should be prefaced that any conversation that I'm having if any of what I'm sharing seems like oh that would really be a huge burden on my day-to-day routine or it just doesn't feel like the right fit then that's also okay. You can listen to that and feel like, you know, maybe you need to make it your own and integrate it in a way that feels sustainable or not at all if it doesn't resonate. So just wanted to share that going into it. I'm going to be a little bit more light on the personal updates today simply because I was doing my notes as I normally do pre-recording and I feel like I have a lot to get through and I really want to be thorough and I also have some questions from you folks. I posted on social media a question sticker so I want to make sure that I cover all that in detail and as such I'm not going to do my usual intro segments but what that means is I'll have a full update on a future episode. As you will have seen in the episode title, today we're going to be discussing 
this idea that you have the ability to shift the character that you are playing in life and the experiences that you're having. And this kind of falls into the realm of manifestation, which I have a full series about, but we're getting a little bit deeper here. And it also kind of falls into the timeline jumping realm. So a super exciting conversation. And I guess I'll preface this by saying that as with any conversation, I always give this disclaimer. It's important to remember that this isn't to shame you if you are having a difficult, unpleasant life experience now or maybe in a prolonged way. And it's not to say that that is your fault or that you know, the responsibility lies on you. I think a lot of times when we have these conversations about things like manifestation, we can internalize this shameful narrative that it's all our fault. The reality is, and we'll talk about this today, is that we're not in a vacuum and we are kind of playing with other people in this life experience. And so when we have this discussion, I just want that to be clear. And I always say, that we're focusing on things within the realm of our control. So what actually got me thinking about this topic and made me want to record this episode was actually seeing the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once. And if you haven't seen it, I won't really go into any detail about what it's about, but I guess the line of thinking that it got me on was essentially considering how important our decisions can be in shaping the unfoldment of our reality. And I have always been a very existential thinker since I was young. So this isn't necessarily a new realization for me, but this movie really brought that back into the forefront of my mind. I also saw a few posts and different things that got me thinking about this in a little bit more detail. And the process that I'm going to share today is something that I've really been experimenting with over the last few months, but watching this movie and consuming some of the content that I'll share throughout this episode has basically reinvigorated my interest in this process and in looking at life in this way. I've had various points in my life where I've been able to kind of zoom out and just observe myself going through the motions and behaving in a certain way, interacting with people in a certain way. And again, it just sort of feels like I'm playing a certain character and you kind of question whether that's who you are at the core, in particular in situations that are emotionally charged, for example. And I'll talk about this in a moment, but I just become aware of myself going through repetitive tasks or playing out this role and I can see patterns playing out in real time. Being inside my head is a very interesting place to be, to be honest. I feel like I think of almost every situation that I'm in in a more zoomed out way, just considering how we came to behave in certain ways and how we are all kind of collectively contributing to the way that our reality looks, if that makes sense. And like I said, I personally notice this, especially in emotionally charged situations, for example, in arguments or, you know, when I'm feeling a strong emotion, I am able to kind of zoom out a little bit and I can feel a certain narrative and pattern take form and it almost feels like it's outside of my control. And if this sounds a little bit 
kind of out there, I'll give an example. So when I talk about emotionally charged situations, I'll use an example of being in an argument in particular with my partner because this is something that I was able to witness my behavior and kind of just self-reflect quite a lot on whether that was producing a healthy relationship dynamic. And of course, I recognize that I'm in a partnership, so it's not just one person. But just looking at my own reactions and considering whether they're reflective of who I want to be and how I want to make people feel. So I've spoken before about how my typical reaction to a distressing or let's say heated or stressful situation is to flee. So in other words, to remove myself from the situation, to avoid it, to just get myself out of there as fast as possible. And I really noticed this in arguments with my partner. And when I say arguments, I mean disagreements of any kind. I would hit a point of feeling so frustrated and just like this anxiety building and this tension building. And the only real way that I knew how to diffuse that tension was to just leave, walk out of the room, close myself out, go on a walk. And sometimes this actually was the healthy decision because I was able to collect my thoughts and just take a breather and not react in such a kind of emotionally charged and negative way and then be able to revisit the conversation in a much more kind of calm, balanced manner, I guess. But I started to become aware of my compulsion to have a really kind of toxic conversation and my almost addiction to conflict. Although I wanted to avoid it, I almost craved it, if that makes sense. So my pattern would be to remove myself from the situation and I knew that that would help me to come back and have a more calm and balanced conversation. But there was this other part of me that would just crave having this really toxic interaction. So what I would do is I would consciously know that, okay, let's just take a breather, go on a walk. That used to be like the thing that I would always do. We used to live on a one bedroom apartment. And especially during COVID, I think it's just sometimes you need a bit of breathing room and a bit of space. And for me, physical movement can sometimes help me to calm down. So I would start going on my walk and I knew consciously that this would help to come back into the conversation and have a much more calm and productive conversation. However, my patterning was to run back and just immediately start getting back into the the argument in a charged way that was not producing any sort of outcome. So essentially there is this cycle for a few months, if not a year, where we would get into any type of conversation, I would remove myself And then before allowing myself to calm down, I would re-enter the conversation in a really combative and heated way. And again, it just didn't really produce any sort of favorable outcome. We always ended back in the exact same spot. Whereas if I were to give myself the space and allow that tension to kind of subside a little bit so I could think a little bit more clearly and respond in the way that I wanted to, it would always produce a much more healthy and 
productive outcome. What would happen when I would be in that period of withdrawal or just removing myself from the situation is I would always have this little internal voice or nudge basically asking me if this is the pattern that I want to reinforce by going back in in a really combative way when I felt the urge to or if I can reach for something different. And it really took practice to be able to re-enter conversations calmly. It didn't always require you know, leaving and going on a walk or shutting myself into a certain room. I was able to really like shorten that period because I was being intentional about it and practicing not being so reactive. But basically I was going through this process of becoming aware of a pattern, in this case, an interpersonal pattern, and being able to kind of zoom out and see what the behavior that I was currently engaging in was going to produce, which was the same exact outcome, which was not a positive one, or if I was able to make even a slightly different decision. And as I've become more aware of this and more conscious of the impact that my previous pattern of withdrawal and then coming back really combative was producing, I was able to, you know, set an intention for how I wanted to shift that pattern because it ultimately was impacting my relationship and not just with my partner. This would happen, you know, quite often for me in conversations and in conflict, I guess. And I just realized that that wasn't enjoyable. It wasn't pleasant for me or the other person. And I made the conscious decision to shift that. Of course, I'm not perfect, but it has definitely gotten easier than it was at first to just diffuse situations and not be so reactive because I've consciously worked on shifting that pattern. There have been several points throughout my life where I've just realized that I'm basically on autopilot and don't really feel like my decisions or my reactions are reflective of how I would like to engage with other people or with the world or with myself. And decisions don't really 100% of the time feel like my own or essentially just living out of patterns and ways of being that don't feel good. So I guess a few years ago, I just started to experiment with what it would be like to bring more awareness to my decisions and my behavior, even on a micro level in the way that I react to a feeling or an emotion that I'm having in a given moment. And then I've begun to expand this more broadly into my life where I am actually kind of mapping out the character that I want to play and the patterns that I want to form so that they become second nature. And what I mean by that is that at first, when we're trying to shift a pattern, it can be really aggravating and it can feel very, very challenging, especially more deeply ingrained patterns or ones that are rooted in, let's say, trauma or pain or a very strong emotion but like with anything with practice it just becomes a lot easier over time for me this process of being able to kind of design the way that you want your life to look and the way that you want to show up in the world i just find this so fun and creative and exciting it's something that i've been doing i guess subconsciously since i was like six i always read back my old journals and i'm lucky to enough I'm lucky enough to have 
journaled since I was really young and I would always write stories and lists of what I could imagine my life looking like and the person that I wanted to be. But more recently, I've been experimenting with this a little bit more intentionally, trying to shift patterns of behavior and thought and expression, specifically shifting things that I feel are not in alignment or not congruent with my authentic self or who I want to be and how I want to impact others and just designing how I want my character to show up in the world with the intention of having more ease and internal balance and being a better person to others and to my community. It does require being imaginative and having an openness to experiences that you may have never had before. So an example for me would be when I was having really bad anxiety and agoraphobia, I couldn't possibly imagine that I would ever not feel that again, even though it was a pretty short period in relation to my whole life. I just got into this really deep pattern of always having a really anxious reaction when I was in a certain situation and so to imagine that I could not feel that way was hard for me but I really held on to that belief and that's what carried me into being able to actually take steps to have a different experience and not be ridden with anxiety every time I was in a enclosed space or whatever it was that was making me anxious. And the thing with imagination is that we oftentimes are already using it to reinforce negative beliefs we have about ourselves that may not actually be true. So we really already do this. It's just being able to shift our imagination in a more supportive direction. So then your mind is more primed to those uplifting and expansive beliefs you hold about yourself and then it's almost like it starts that self-fulfilling prophecy cycle. So you are having more experiences that reinforce that positive and expansive belief that you hold about yourself. Once I started to really get serious about this process, I basically wrote down a list of every single characteristic and I'll share a little bit more about that process of who I wanted to be in life as well as the experiences I wanted to have. And I basically just work every day towards living that. And situations arise where I am given the option to take the repetitive low self-worth route like I have in the past or make even the smallest change and be able to witness a different outcome. I even find that being able to take a pause before I fully react to a situation and fully engage with a certain feeling is just to sit and write down how I'm feeling in that moment and that really helps me to process and gain a little bit of insight to where that feeling or trigger may have come from and I'm just able to have a little bit more clarity in the moment rather than just going through the motions and just having that unconscious reaction, I'm able to actually bring a moment of awareness to it. And I find that really helps me to break the cycle and create a new pattern. Something I'll do, and I try to do this as often as possible whenever I'm feeling triggered in either an acute situation, so maybe something happened, or maybe I'm just 
generally feeling anxiety or stress or, you know, worry or some strong emotion for a longer than normal period of time, I will just sit down and write about it and try to be really, really honest with how I'm feeling and why I'm feeling that way if I have any insight to that. And then just consider and reflect upon the the options that I have moving forward. So if, for example, I'm feeling particularly stressed about money, I have noticed that, you know, this comes and goes in waves for me. And I get into these patterns where I start to really contract and get really, really anxious about money. And I watch how that impacts so many of my decisions, the way that I almost show up with a little bit different energy to so many different areas of life. I'm a little bit more careful with money. I don't want to spend money on certain things. I become a little bit more anxious in my communication and it just really impacts the way that I orient myself to life experiences. When I feel that trigger coming on, I sit down, I write how I'm feeling, I reflect on where this may have come from because I, it's understandable that I feel this way. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into the mentality we have towards money and my relationship with money is very anxiety ridden. I'm not necessarily suggesting that in these moments that you're feeling maybe a bit anxious about money that you just keep spending and spending and spending the way that you are, because of course that may also put you into a future state of anxiety or a problem down the line. I'm simply saying that Sometimes I go into these patterns without any real reason to, and I just take a quick audit of, okay, do I need to go back into this kind of desperation energy where I'm frantically, you know, looking for jobs and all these things when I can just come back to this sense of stability and ease within myself and then move forward with that energy. So you're almost kind of breaking that energetic cycle of falling into a space of worry and anxiety and panic when in a lot of cases, at least for me, that doesn't actually really help me to make good, clear decisions. I can still make decisions to support myself and make sure that I feel comfortable financially, but I'm doing it with a much more self-assured calm, balanced state of mind and energy. So I hope that makes sense. In addition to what I'm going to be sharing about the process of kind of designing your character, I also like to frequently check in when I'm having triggers because it's not to say that I identify that I want to be someone who has a much more expansive and healthy relationship with money that all of a sudden I'm going to become that person and it's going to happen overnight it means that I'm really auditing myself and catching myself when I fall back into old patterns that reflect an old way of being that I don't want to carry forward and I really make sure that I'm releasing myself from that energy so all of this is really rooted in the idea that Even small micro decisions, how we orient ourselves to certain situations, the energy that we bring to certain situations and how we react, all have the potential to organize our lives into a new reality. And the more conscious and aware we become of our decisions and our behaviors, the more we are able to reinforce a reality and a timeline essentially that reflect how we want to show up in the world and what we desire. And I'm just kind of 
scratching the surface at timeline jumping. I had mentioned that some of this kind of falls into that realm, but I watched this YouTube video that described it really eloquently and I will leave a link to that video. But basically she talks about how when we engage with our life in this way, we're able to essentially establish a feedback loop between where we are now and all of the potential future versions of ourselves that we are aligning with. So again, when we make decisions that are conscious and aligned, we can reinforce those desired future versions of ourselves. Your choices are already activating potential future versions of yourself. And this isn't to put us into a state of decision paralysis and feeling anxious about what if I do the wrong thing or what if I, you know, make the wrong decision. In fact, I think when one characteristic for me is that I'm not so attached to the idea that there is a right or wrong. It's not with the objective of being perfect and making the perfect decision every single time. It's simply to try to bring more awareness in general, knowing that we're always going to have times where perhaps we act in a more unconscious way that isn't reflective of who we want to be, but we always have the ability to come back, self-examine, reflect, and decide how we want to move forward. All right, so now let's get into the exciting part of the episode, what you've probably all been waiting for, which is the actual process that I follow. Now, this is just my own process. You might have your own, but I'm going to share in as much detail as I possibly can how I go about kind of designing my character and you know, this whole process. So if you want, it would probably be helpful if you had a pen and paper to write this down. But the first step, and there's an episode in the podcast that is going to talk about this a little bit more. The episode is the first in the mini series for manifestation. It's all about, you know, establishing a vision, getting clear on how it is that you want to live and what you want to experience, who you want to be, getting clear on your core values and recognizing that this can take time and we can become aware of our core values through experiences that we're having. So let's say you're working in a certain type of job and you begin to realize that it's really not lining up to what you want out of life, you can gain a little bit of insight to what you do want. So for example, if you're in a really rigid, structured, super scheduled job and you really don't like it and you're feeling a lot of anxiety and you're feeling uncomfortable and like it's always, you know, making you feel stressed, whatever it may be, you may become aware that having a little bit more freedom in your life is important to you. And so sometimes these experiences that feel challenging can help us to realize what actually does matter to us. I like to imagine this as a road trip and in this part of the process, you are visualizing and identifying your destination and you're essentially punching it into your GPS. So you want to get clear on your overall kind of vision for yourself however that looks like to you you can be super specific or whatever feels achievable maybe at the beginning when you're first starting off it's easier to just be super broad about it but this will evolve over time and for me it's been really important to allow it to evolve so a vision that I may have had for myself when I actually experienced maybe different from what I expected and so I'm able to make tweaks and get a little bit more refined but that's kind of where we're at so like I said if you want more 
info and a little bit more structure on how to start that process, I would start with that first episode in the manifestation series. Once you have a general vision for yourself, I personally like to create a categorized list. So I divide my list into self-image slash relationship to yourself, friendships and relationships, home and environment, career, finances, and hobbies, and health, wellness, and spirituality. So kind of five broad categories is what I do, but again, you can tweak this and identify the categories that are important to you. Then I write down basically every single detail of how I would like to be in that category. Again, focusing on things that are within the realm of your control. Identifying all of the characteristics that are aligned to your most vibrant, balanced, full version of yourself. You can really... As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Get super in-depth about this. You can think about... How do you respond to conflict, criticism? How do you relate to other people? What kind of energy do you bring into the room? What does your routine look like? What kind of activities do you engage in? What is your relationship to yourself? And then once I have that list, I like to choose one or two categories to focus on at a time. I personally find it too overwhelming to try to 
really shift my entire identity all at once. So I like to hone in on something like career and finances for a period of time until I feel like I'm getting some traction and I'm getting really aligned in that realm. And like I said, at one point, working on my relationship and family and things like that was really a big focus. For me right now, it's my relationship with myself and then also, I've mentioned many times, my career. In addition to narrowing it down to one or two categories to focus on, I also like to focus on one or two actual traits and characteristics at a time. And I will give an example of this in a moment, but I just like to keep it as manageable and sustainable so I'm not trying to tackle a whole personality and identity overhaul. Then once you've identified a few things that you want to focus on, you begin to every day notice the situations that come up that give you an opportunity to embody this desired trait. One example on my list was the idea of jealousy and this theme of feeling envious and jealous of other people. I've spoken before about how I am really working to shift away from feeling jealous of people and see how other people's life experiences can expand me. So being able to identify with a certain aspect of their experience and see that perhaps I could use them as a source of inspiration in that realm as opposed to feeling envious of them and kind of not being able to actually do anything with that feeling of envy, whereas a feeling of expansion allows you to grow and take action towards perhaps embodying that characteristic or that experience that you are feeling envious of. When I first started off on social media, I used to feel so jealous of other people's success and I spent a lot of time feeling sorry for myself because I felt like other people had it easier than me, other people were more were more able to connect with people online and had these really amazing opportunities. And I just realized that this wasn't in any way contributing to anything positive in my life. It was in fact making me feel negatively about myself and others. And I would rather be able to be happy for other people and celebrate their success than always feeling jealous and negatively towards them. It's just not a pleasant experience and it doesn't help to form meaningful connections, which is important to me. Like I mentioned before, when I'm working on this specific aspect of myself, I am becoming aware of when this comes up and I'm just basically asking myself, what are the beliefs that I have about myself that are holding this jealous reaction in place? And what are the habits in my day-to-day life, whether that's mental habits or the way that I relate to other people that are keeping this jealous part of me alive? And then being able to examine how I can shift away from those habits in favor of a new more expansive habit. So for example, if my reaction is to see the success of someone else and engage in a self-deprecating, kind of self-pitying internal narrative, how can I use this as an opportunity to affirm to myself that there is something within what I'm witnessing that I could experience as well? And what actions could I take towards experiencing perhaps what that person is? This is a much more solution-oriented and action-oriented way of thinking because let's say, for example, I'm really jealous of someone's social media success and I allow myself to just continue engaging in this self-deprecating, low self-worth 
low self-esteem behavior that doesn't really allow me to take action. Whereas if I decide to expand and see myself in the position that they're in, what are the steps that I can take to get to that point? And how can I do that in my own way? And how can I embody their sense of confidence or their sense of being able to connect with people and their whatever it may be? Remembering, of course, that there will always be experiences happening outside of our control, but if we can at the very least shift the lens that we see those experiences through, allows us to at least have some semblance of control over our own narrative and our own reaction and how that experience that may be out of our control can actually be, in some cases, contributing to our own life path and our own development. An example of this for me would be rejection. I find this to be a very triggering experience. However, I identified that I didn't want rejection to allow me to be completely derailed and lose confidence every time I experienced it. So I just started to shift my attitude towards I can't really control if I'm rejected, let's say, for example, by a brand who I really want to work with or whatever it may be. I can't really control whether or not that's going to happen. However, how can I control the way that I orient myself to it? And quite honestly, I've gotten to the point where I've shifted into a place of it doesn't bother me as much anymore. I almost see it as sort of character development and I can let it defeat me in the moment or I can you know, allow myself to feel upset and, you know, disappointed, but then move through it and just kind of tell myself that something better is in my horizon and that's okay. It wasn't meant for me. With that narrative in mind, I can honestly say that a lot of rejection that I've faced in my past when I look back on it now was in some ways a blessing. And once again, I know that that's not always the case, but even being able to look at it that way in some experiences that we're having can, for me, be really helpful and not allow me to become so defeated and depleted and hopeless when I have that experience. So basically that is my process in a nutshell. But something that's also important to remember that I want to talk about now is that while we are essentially the main character in our own lives and we're able to have a degree of influence over that, we are also a certain character in other people's lives all at the same time. So sometimes we want to be able to control that and we want to really be able to get to the root of who is the true version of us. But the reality is, is that we're so multifaceted and essentially we represent something different to every single person in our lives. In the same way that we are going to decide which character we want to play, we are also going to have people decide which character we are to them. And sometimes the two don't align to what we feel or the character that we want to play in the lives of others. For example, maybe to our parents, we are the golden child who can do no wrong, perfect in every way, has a lot of academic success and is going to be very successful. And by the way, I'm definitely not suggesting that this is the case with me, but it's just an example. And while that idea of ourselves may not resonate with us, When we're living in such a way that we're trying to uphold that version of ourselves for someone else, 
I think it can make us really drained and eventually we can become resentful or just become so dissatisfied because we're really not living in the way that we want to be. We're living for someone else. And then on the other hand, when someone holds what we feel to be an inaccurate representation that we don't feel is fair, we may also feel like we have to spend a lot of time and energy correcting it. Me being on social media, I am very subject to a lot of projection and I understand that this comes with the territory, but I basically witness this every day. People who literally know nothing about my life, people who don't even follow me, who are probably seeing me for the first time, have decided already that I represent something to them that I really don't feel is accurate. Because we belong to certain identity groups, we look a certain way, we speak a certain way, people make assumptions and they put us into a certain category and it can feel confining because we sometimes find it hard to break through the confines of a category that we've been placed in, sometimes not even in our own choosing. This would really trigger me sometimes because I felt like people were wrong about me, making all sorts of assumptions that were completely untrue. But then I realized that to them, that is who I am. And a lot of people aren't really willing to see beyond that and they're not really going to take the time to. So why am I trying to convince them otherwise? But the reality is, is people are probably going to always continue to uphold certain characters and make wide sweeping statements about people that they hardly know, you know, assuming that this person is a certain way because it doesn't really require us to think critically beyond that characteristic that we've assigned to them. And again, sometimes this isn't even based on facts. It's just the role we expect them to play based on a certain aspect of their identity. And like I said, social media for me is a really easy way to see this happening in real time. And quite honestly, I I get people wondering why I don't respond very often to like negative comments. It's because I just don't feel the need to spend my energy on correcting someone's assumptions about me because I think they're going to continue to make the assumptions regardless. Sometimes people just decide that you are a certain way and that's how they're going to continue to see you. And in just in my experience, trying to correct that has not been very fruitful. So I just have to continue focusing on being myself And if those assumptions don't really align or resonate, it's not really my responsibility to correct them. And of course, this isn't an excuse to be in an echo chamber. And if you're receiving real feedback about, you know, this makes people feel a certain way or the way that you behave makes me feel a certain way, which is not good. It's not to say that we don't accept feedback. It's just to remember where it's coming from and whether it's actually rooted in any truth. And in addition to people making judgments or assumptions based on a certain aspect of someone's identity, there's also the element of someone assuming that certain values that are important to them is also going to be important to you or I guess important in the same way that it is to you so weighted as heavily as it is to you I got a lot of criticism or I guess not criticism but people were really confused and 
questioned a lot why I chose to walk away from a really stable and secure and very outwardly successful job. However, it was because to me, the outward image of success wasn't as important as other aspects in my life. And so it's okay for you to say that you might not make a certain decision in the same way that I would. However, recognizing that we may be dealing with completely different set of core values. And the reality may be that when you choose to stop upholding a certain role or playing a certain part for someone else that isn't aligned with who you feel you are or what you want to embody, we can lose people or our relationships can change because sometimes the basis of the relationship is built on you preserving that role. So someone gets used to having that version of you and then when you've decided that it's not in service of your highest good and you've decided to make a change that can really throw people off but I guess we just have to come to a point where we decide for ourselves am I going to prioritize upholding this version of myself that someone else expects me to be or am I going to move forward and embody the person that I really want to be and perhaps accept that on the way to becoming that person, I may lose some people or my relationships may change. I promised that I would share with you a little bit more detail and examples from my own list. And how I do this is I really like using something like Notion. I just find that I can organize my thoughts really well. I've done written lists, but I always kind of gravitate towards things that I can just quickly update and change and tweak and it's kind of this living document and this isn't an ad. I use the free version of Notion but basically I just create this table where like I said at the top I have the categories and maybe I'll make this template available for you to use. Stay tuned for that. But I basically put across the top those categories that I mentioned. So I had said that the first category is kind of my personal life and my relationship to myself and just general personal characteristics and traits and then also my work life are the categories that I'm focusing on so within these categories I've written like probably like 20 different aspects and I'm focusing on two of each right now okay so in my personal category the first one is uplift and support the success of others self-audit jealousy and expand into being inspired I had already kind of talked about that one, so I won't go into any more detail. The second one is allowing myself to ride the wave of abundance, and I'll talk about that in a minute, when I'm experiencing it, but not worrying when I'm in a period of slow. Now, what I mean by this is, let's say when it comes to finances or ideas, even creativity, I find that I have waves of both. I have moments where I have a lot of creativity, a lot of energy in that realm, and then kind of more lulls and just periods of more passive idea formation or maybe even just resting. But I used to really worry when I was in that low that I wouldn't ever have a high again. And I'm really working on not feeling that way because I haven't experienced that to be true. It's always just kind of come back like a wave and it's simply about allowing myself to really enjoy when I'm at sort of that peak and then just not feel so anxious and desperate when I'm in 
more of a low because I realized that both are really important and it's important to be present and learn the lessons from both points. I'll share a few more because I think it's kind of fun. These aren't ones that I'm actively working on, but they're just things that I identified at some point in the future. So this is random, but willingly making meals for other people and enjoying and romanticizing my time in the kitchen. I don't know why I wrote this down, but I feel like making meals and preparing healthy, nourishing meals is something that is important to me, but for some reason I really dread it. And I would like to be able to get to a point where I enjoy it more and I make it really like fun and like I said, just romanticize it by putting on music and just allowing that experience to be really enjoyable. Okay, so for career slash work life, I this is again quite specific to me, but when I get a new client, let's say for a brand partnership, I get really anxious, weirdly, because I worry that I'm going to, you know, do the wrong thing or it's not going to perform well or whatever it may be. And I just want to be able to work on that and be able to feel that I can be myself when I'm in a partnership and be creative and not feel this anxiety when I take on a partnership because it's not enjoyable. And then this is also kind of a crossover, but allowing myself to fully be in passive creativity chapters, I guess. And also, I had mentioned this actually in my, I believe it was my New Year's resolution episode, but being able to engage more with my work in a cycle and being able to honor when I'm inspired and energetic and rest when I am not without worrying and feeling anxious about that having this huge impact on my income so those are my main ones for work right now and then a few others I had briefly mentioned this but not getting sucked into the whirlwind of online drama and hate being able to protect my energy and my space where I see fit also not feeling so much anxiety in the way that I do things and the way that I express myself And I always kind of feel this shame that I'm not doing it right or there's something else I should be doing. And I want to be able to just release that. I had this thought this morning about content creation, given that that is a big part of what I do. And when I first started, I felt like I had to do all these like gimmicks and hacks and stuff to really grow my account and things like that. And I just have this kind of affirmation now that is reflective of this intention, which is essentially that whatever I'm putting out into the world is going to find the right people. And that's essentially the energy that I want to move forward with. Something you'll notice in what I said was the word not. And sometimes you hear that if you write down something that you don't want, you will experience that thing. So if I'm saying not feel anxiety about posting or whatever it may be, not feel shame about being myself, a lot of the times you'll hear that that is the wrong way to frame things. But again, coming back to how I want to experience life is actually not allowing things like that like not overcomplicating it. I don't want to hold on to the belief that if I include the word not in an affirmation, that that's the life experience that I'm going to have. I'm not sure if that's making sense, but I find that there's a real tendency to be super like controlling about the language that we use and that is going to determine whether or not the future happens. I like to think of it more as my success does not hinge on whether I use the word not or whatever. So 
yeah, I hope that makes sense. But if you're confused by why I use the word not, that's why. Okay, so as promised, the last thing I wanted to do was answer a few questions. I had put this question out there on Instagram. So the first one is, how did you decide which character to play slash how did you know what you actually wanted? This came up a bit and... Like I mentioned, I would recommend going to that vision setting uh, episode. It's episode one in the three-part manifestation mini-series. That talks a lot more about how I got clear on which character I wanted to play, which experience I wanted to have, and it also comes through life experience. In what I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, becoming aware of a certain experience that I didn't want to have helped me to get clear on the experiences that I did want to have. And then also I can see through other people. So I can see aspects of other people's personality or their life experience that I find attractive and that I would like to embody. Another question was, what did you do if you had ideas that conflicted with each other, if any? So I would say I don't know that any of my characteristics conflict with one another but some of them maybe on some level conflict based on a narrative that I have about each characteristic so let's say for example it's important for me to be financially stable and to be financially free but at the same time in my mind it's might conflict with the fact that freedom is really important to me and freedom in my schedule and not having to abide by a really strict schedule but in my opinion that's only conflicting in my mind and what I mean by that is there's a certain narrative that in order to be financially wealthy or financially stable and secure you must have a certain type of occupation that looks a certain type of way but I actually just examined why I thought that the idea of having more freedom was conflicting and allowed myself to find examples of people who did live according to this reality, if that makes sense. It's easy to get motivated when watching a 15-second TikTok, tips for keeping motivation alive. Yeah, this is a good question and I agree. Um, for me, the way that I keep this motivation alive is this is like a habit and a practice of mine. It can be, I guess, tricky to pick up at first. And Part of what I think is important is to not take on every single habit and practice and thing that you see on TikTok and think that you have to do it. I think if something resonates with you and you really are interested in it and you put the measures in place in order to keep that habit going, then it will naturally integrate into your life. So for me, this is something that brings me a lot of joy and I really enjoy doing it. It doesn't feel like a chore. But I keep it alive by just engaging in it whenever I feel called to. And I try, like I said, to revisit this list every day. And because it makes me feel good and makes me feel re-inspired, it's not hard to maintain motivation to do it, I guess. Okay, and then the last one is being scared of people judging you while you do that process. And I'm assuming the question is essentially how to overcome the fear of judgment as you navigate perhaps shifting into a new part of your identity or trying something new that is beyond what people are used to seeing from you or experiencing. And I did talk about this in terms of that is somewhat inevitable and I would never say that people aren't going to judge you. I think they will 
and that's part of this journey is becoming comfortable with that but not feeling like you have to do anything to avoid it because for me I just feel like people judge no matter what you're doing you could be doing the most perfect cookie cutter thing that they expect you to and they'll still find something to judge I think it's something that we all do it's natural but we don't have to allow it to inform how we live our lives and that may sound like it's oversimplifying I think it does definitely require almost exposure therapy to that in that you may experiment with telling someone about a decision that you're making so for me I would feel really uncomfortable telling people about let's say oh I'm gonna quit my job but I would find that the more I allowed myself to have those conversations with people that I even feared would judge me and then recognizing that my life didn't end as a result of being judged even when I had difficult conversations with people who didn't understand, sticking with my own self, if that makes sense, and not feeling like I had to soothe the judgment that they had, maybe not soothe, but like correct it and make a decision based on their judgment. I think that that just helps to slowly and gradually accept and overcome the inevitability of being judged. Okay, so that brings me to the end of the episode. I had a few more questions, but quite honestly, this episode is getting really long. So maybe I'll do a part two at some point in the future. But yeah, that is pretty much all I have to share on the topic. I hope that you found this really helpful, that you took away some you know, useful insights and notes and that you find joy and fulfillment in this experience and this process in the same way that I do. And if you are going through this, I would love to hear you know, some of the things that you're working on. I think it's really fun and exciting to share these things because I think you would be surprised at how many people kind of have the same, are struggling with the same things. So with that said, thank you so much for listening. I wish you the best of luck on this practice. I really have faith that you can make these changes for yourself if you're wanting to. As always, I want to thank you so much for being here and I will see you next week.